0: Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and today it's a 12 questions version of the podcast with Daniel Suarez of Joe Gibbs Racing. This is shaping up to be a pivotal week for Daniel Suarez in his career as he heads to the Brickyard 400 in a must win situation to make the playoffs. Uh, along with several other drivers. There's no points on the line, really, at Indy. Uh, Nobody can fall out on points. It's basically, if there's a new winner, they are in. And if not, then the playoff field will stay the same. So Daniel Suarez is in a position where he has to win, despite having some speed this season and showing flashes of uh, really a lot of potential at times. So I thought this would be a good week to get him on the 12 Questions and he agreed to sit down with me and answer them. So let's take a listen to his version of the twelve questions for this season. All right, everybody, I'm here with Daniel Suarez. And Daniel, the first question is: How often do you have dreams about racing?
1: How often do I have dreams about racing? Um, well, first of all, I don't, I don't, I don't have dreams very often. Oh, okay. For whatever reason, I guess when I'm sleeping, I'm sleeping. <laughs> so, uh, but. For whatever reason when i'm thinking too much about something like i don't know if i had a good race or for example after pocono after pocono i spent days thinking about why i couldn't done different in that restart Hmm. Um, and actually one of those nights i i was just dreaming about it (laughs) so so yeah you know i guess for whatever reason when you start thinking a lot about something you just happen to dream something related uh, but, uh, I don't, I don't dream too often, but that was the last time. I think I remember.
0: Okay. If you get into someone during a race, whether you mean to or not, does it matter if you apologize to them afterward?
1: I think it does. At least it does for me. Um, uh, you know, it, I feel like as a driver, you, you know, we, we race too often. So there is always a, a comeback. And, uh, and as a driver, for whatever reason, my mom makes fun of me that she said uh, that I don't that I don't remember a lot of things that she said to me or stuff like that. <laughs> but when it comes to racing, I remember exactly everything, like what the car was doing or who hit me or who was too aggressive to me or, or stuff like that. So so eventually it, it turns around. Uh-huh. So we always remember that. and uh, And I feel like it's always good to just, you know, if you did something wrong, just to apologize and, and move on. I mean, that's the, that's the way I like to do things. Uh, but, uh, you know, there is always a line. So the, I, sometimes the apologize is not it's not enough. So you, you still have that uh, payback thing uh, in the future. But uh, it's always good. It always helps, for sure. Okay. It shows respect, I think.
0: Sure. What is the biggest compliment someone could give you?
1: The biggest compliment someone can give me? Um, for me you know for me the biggest company i have had is that uh you know just have a good personality you know that's that's something actually i like to hear you know uh, i have good personality i'm smiling and, and stuff like that uh i think that's that's something good uh because at the end of the day that's that's not uh, related with racing it's more kind of like with your you know um i guess something on the side of racing, just your personality. Uh, So, so I think that's a, that's a compliment that I I enjoy because I just myself.
0: Yeah. So NASCAR comes to you and they're like, Daniel, uh, we're going to bring a big celebrity to the racetrack. We'd love for you to take them around, host them. Who is a celebrity you'd really be excited to bring to the track?
1: You know, it would be awesome to have, uh, uh, a race car driver like Fernando Alonso or, uh-huh. or, or somebody, somebody on that level, uh, so they can get involved in this sport. I have, I have had some friends that they have come to to, to NASCAR. Uh, they came from from different background, uh, like Nelson Piquet, and uh, they they've been racing everything. They're like Nelson, he he's been racing everything, and he he knows how difficult this stock car racing. So. I think, I think it would be awesome to, to have Fernando. Uh, he's a great guy and he's uh, he's very, very competitive, so uh, I won't be surprised if one day somebody somehow bring him to a race track and uh, then he gets that easy to try it out.
0: Okay, that'd be cool. Uh, in an effort to show this is health conscious sport, NASCAR decides to offer the number one pit stall selection for an upcoming race to the first driver willing to go vegan for one month. Would you do that?
1: No. No, <laughs> no, oh, man. I love chicken too much. I think I had chicken how many times? Y- l- yes, Like two times. No, that's wrong. Three times. And and my sushi. Yeah, no, no, no. That is. I think I think I think we're good enough to qualify well and be close to the pistol one. Okay. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. So it's time for the random race challenge. I've picked a random race from your career. You have to tell me wh- where you finished. So okay. I tried. I I tried to make this a little bit harder. Um, So I went back to NASCAR Mexico Series. Okay. So this is 2012 race at Aguas Calientes. I say okay. that right? Yeah. Uh, do you happen to remember where you finished in this race?
1: 2012. Let me let me just think. When was my last race? When was my last year? My last year was in 14. So on that race. I was always fast and I was caliente, there's no doubt. Uh, maybe second or third. You
0: finished second. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you started on the pole. You led 44 laps, and Ruben Rovello Yeah. Won the race. Do you remember
1: it at all? You know, I remember. I remember part of it. Uh, I can't remember if if I was, that was the exactly race, but I was I was leading the race in the last restart. Okay. And I missed a shift. Oh wow! And I missed a shift, and uh, and I stuck the whole line, and he was, he wasn't even he wasn't even in the front row. We had an agreement. I had an agreement with the second place uh-huh. that I was gonna restart on the outside, and he was gonna uh, he was gonna let me in. Okay. And uh, and the guy that was on the inside, he, you know, he he was a. He, he just hold to the agreement too long for me. Because I missed a and he was waiting for me. Oh. And we we started fa- this, we, we passed the start finish line and, and Ruben made the three wide. And then I passed I passed the second place because I went to third. I passed the second place and then in the in the in the checker I was right on the bumper. I was I you mean, know, I was always very, very fast and I was caliente. Uh we won I think a couple of times there, so uh that that one hurt for sure
0: wow that's impressive memory though six years ago yeah um who is the best rapper alive are you into rap music at all
1: not a lot but uh maybe eminem okay yeah uh you know i don't i don't follow rappers a lot but i think (laughs) i think it's funny
0: okay um. Who has the most punchable face in NASCAR? Punchable. Uh huh.
1: Like, do you a hit?
0: Uh, yeah. Just you know, <laughs> it could either be that you want to punch them in the face, or their face just looks like it just could. You, just you can like,
1: take it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think I think I can hit Ryan Newman, and he won't even feel it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think Ryan. Okay.
0: Um, NASCAR enlists three famous Americans to be involved with your race team for one race. Big publicity push they're doing. They're going to bring Taylor Swift, LeBron James, and Tom Hanks the to track. You have to pick one to be your spotter, one to be your crew chief, and one to be your motorhome driver for one weekend. Who do you pick between Taylor, LeBron, and Tom Hanks?
1: Okay, LeBron the crew chief. Uh, what was the other two? The spotter? Spotter and motorhome driver. And it was Taylor and who else? Uh, Tom Hanks. Okay, uh I guess Tom Hicks can be the more driver and <laughs> hope for the best. I th- I th- I think I personally think that the sport is extremely important. But uh you 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 can maybe if it's a, an easy race you can do it without it. So we we put Taylor in there.
0: <laughs> okay. Um what is the key to finding the best pre race bathroom?
1: Oh man. Ask you, you PR guy, with uh, with maybe thirty minutes before. Uh, for for some reason, I think all the PR guys they know that as a driver, every time after driver intros, before you go to the car, you're looking for a restroom, for a bathroom, just because you have to do it. Uh, you you won't have time after, and obviously you won't have time during the race. So uh, seems to me that every time that I ask Tyler about hey, uh, what is the closest bathroom, he knows already what is it. Uh, but, but most of the time we have to wait a little bit because there is line so <laughs> and uh, and there is line of drivers no yeah. of no people uh you know fans or or uh, you know ra- people from the racing it's drivers, so everyone is there uh, but uh well, yeah, that's something that uh, we we always do,
0: okay. Um, NASCAR decides it misses the highlight reel value brought by the Carl Edwards backflips, and they want a replacement. How much would they have to pay you to backflip off your car after your next win?
1: I don't think they have to pay me anything, man. I would love to do it. I just have to train for it. Um, if you can guarantee me that I won't get hurt training for it, I would do it.
0: I honestly I- think, based on, uh, first of all, seeing you at the Olympic the last year, we went to the um winter Olympic yeah. training and you were doing backflips off trampolines like it was nothing. And then, um, uh, seeing your workout videos and stuff, I feel like you'd be able to do it.
1: Yeah. I, I honestly think that I can be able to get it done, but, uh, well, it takes training and it, it takes, I think more than <clears throat> being strong, it takes technique and, uh, and to develop that technique. You make mistakes, and, uh, and I can afford to get hurt. Yeah, you know. But uh, well, like I said, if you can guarantee me that I won't, I won't get, uh, I won't get hurt in the in the process, I will do it. That would be a lot of fun. Plus, plus, uh, Kyle was he's a he's a great friend and, uh, and a great driver, and and, uh, and obviously, I don't think I don't think nobody's able to do what he used to do after the race because after the race you are tired. People oh, yeah. don't realize that, but you are tired. So to do that, after a race, that means that you are in pretty good shape. Yeah. So he he was, he was pretty damn that strong.
0: That's a pretty good point. Um, each week I ask a question uh, from a driver to give me for the next driver. Okay. And uh, I was just at the Knoxville Nationals this last week, so I talked to Brad Sweet. And um, his question is, have you ever driven much on dirt and... Um, What if you did want to race on dirt, what kind of dirt car would you want to drive and at what track?
1: You know, that's a good question. Uh, My background is a little bit obviously different. Um, And in Mexico, we don't have one racetrack that uh, that is an oval on dirt. Hmm. All the dirt that we have is for, for motorcycles. Oh, wow. But let me tell you something. I'm saying that in Mexico, but in the west coast of Mexico, in Chihuahua, which is very close to uh Phoenix, uh, they do have a little dirt racing. But the cars that they do, they're all cars. They is it's, it's more for fun, it's not professional racing. That's the only kind of racing I have here of in Mexico about a car on dirt. Hmm. So, you know, my background is just so different that that's, that's not something I have done. I've never been there in my life. Hmm. Uh, the first time, the first time I remember perfectly, the first time I got invited to a dirt race, it was maybe five years ago, six years ago, I show up with a white shirt. You can tell that, oh. the, that I was a, 100% a rookie. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I wish one day I can try it. Maybe, maybe a spring car would be fun because those things are fast. Uh, I saw your video after you you did the two seater and yeah. you were very, you, you it was it was I was impressed of you know you know racing very well and I was impressed that you were impact that like that, so maybe maybe a spring I would be a lot of fun and uh, about racetrack, you know maybe maybe Eldora you know that's the only real racetrack I've been watching a lot because of NASCAR so so you know maybe Eldora would be good.
0: Okay. And um, so the next interview is going to be with an IndyCar driver. Okay. I'm, I'm not sure who it's going to be with yet, but do you have a question I could ask somebody from IndyCar series?
1: Yeah, actually, uh, when I grew up in, in my family, uh, I was watching actually more IndyCar racing than NASCAR. Than, uh, than and the reason oh. of that was because in my hometown, IndyCar, that at the time was Champ used to race there every year so I used to go there when I was 13 14 years old with my father just to watch uh, the only Mexican drivers so so I thought it was a lot of fun to make the, to, to see the the uh, the noise and, and the power of those cars and everything and uh, and, uh, and you know I, I enjoyed that a lot so uh, my question would be to that driver is uh, how much they enjoy to race in course racing versus ovals Hmm. And uh, and uh, and if one day, one one of one that driver will be interesting to, to try uh, in NASCAR, either in an oval or, or in a road course.
0: Okay, that's a great question. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it, man. All right, everybody. So there you have it. Really fun guy there. Enjoy always talking to Daniel Suarez. He always really does seem to have a smile on his face. Good personality, as he said. So. Uh, yeah, definitely enjoyed that. And the question for the IndyCar driver that he posed turns out to be Will Power. So I was able to record a 12 questions interview at the Portland Grand Prix with Will Power. And so that will be next week's 12 questions coming up on Tuesday. But before that, coming up on Thursday, it's a How I Got Here with David Grossclose, who is NASCAR's tire engineer and... Um, oversees so much of what goes on with the tires in NASCAR so I will sit down with him and talk to him about where he got where he is today and then on Sunday it's the aforementioned cutoff race for the regular season Brickyard 400 I will be there in Indianapolis and we'll grab a media member to break down the race with me there so uh, that should be interesting day we'll see how that goes as well you know I was thinking the other day uh, I, I feel like I'm currently in the midst of what seems like the best year of my entire life. I thought last year was really fun when I started up the whole jeffgluck.com and the untitled jeff gluck podcast venture from Patreon and all that stuff, but honestly, I I think I'm even having more fun this year. So, that's really cool and I really couldn't do it without you, the patrons of the podcast. Um so if you're a patron, thank you so much. If you're interested in becoming a patron, please feel free to check out patreon.com slash jeff underscore gluck. It's where you can make a small monthly donation um, to help support the podcast and my efforts to get to these races as well as make a living. So it's all appreciated. And uh, if, you, if it's something you enjoy, thank you for the consideration. Anyway, that's all for now. I will talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.